Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. It's Monday, December 6th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. It's possible the Omicron variant will be easier to track than other strains. There's an interesting feature with this variant that makes it detectable using PCR techniques instead of genomic sequencing. We will have more on the race to get up to speed on the new coronavirus strain in just a few minutes. A new report from St. Louis University's Education Research Center called Prime is highlighting local schools that might normally be overlooked. As St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke reports, it's part of an effort to focus on growth rather than just performance. The Prime Center's report looks at schools it says beat the odds by showing improvement despite high numbers of students who qualify for free and reduced lunch. One of those schools is Barbara C. Jordan Elementary School in University City. Superintendent Sharonica Hardin-Bartley says it's more informative to focus on student growth rather than achievement tests. When we rank and sort schools based on a one-point-in-time metric, it does the community a disservice, it does students a disservice, and it doesn't give parents a clear picture of their child's academic progression. Hardin-Bartley thinks the school's focus on student relationships is a key to its inclusion in this report. I'm Kate Grumke, St. Louis Public Radio. The operator of Metro Transit is increasing security after a bus driver was shot Friday. There will be more patrols on select routes along with investments in operator shields on new buses, cameras, and communications systems. A driver was shot while operating a bus on the 64 Lucas Hunt route, which operates in North St. Louis City and County. Someone fired a shot outside the bus, critically injuring the driver. By-state development says the incident did not involve any bus riders. A natural gas pipeline in St. Louis will be allowed to continue operating through the winter. As St. Louis Public Radio's Shayla Farzan reports, a federal commission has voted to renew the temporary operating certificate for the Spire STL pipeline. The Federal Energy Regulatory Commission has given the green light to Spire, Missouri, to continue operating a natural gas pipeline this winter. The commission voted to extend the temporary operating certificate for the Spire STL pipeline. Commissioner Mark Christie said during a public meeting in November that renewing the certificate will, quote, eliminate uncertainty about gas availability this winter. From a practical matter, we need to keep that system operating until these issues can be litigated. The 65-mile pipeline has been in the spotlight in recent weeks after Spire warned customers of possible gas shortages, which elected officials and commission members have dismissed as fear-mongering. I'm Shayla Farzan, St. Louis Public Radio. The commission says Spire must provide written acceptance of the certificate within three business days for that extension to take effect. Increasing prices are driving more people in the Midwest to food pantries. Food banks experienced a huge increase in demand at the onset of the pandemic. That has leveled off somewhat, but it's still higher than before the outbreak. Eastern Illinois Food Bank Vice President of Development Molly Delaney says food inflation has 
been a recent driver of the increase. People are really talking about the increase in prices when they go to the grocery store and not being able to make their food budget last for a whole month. And, you know, many are, are seeking out um, food pantries for the first time. Some food banks are scrambling to secure food as they cope with supply chain disruptions and inflation. The Nature Conservancy of Missouri has launched a tree canopy program in North St. Louis County with Forest Relief of Missouri and Beyond Housing. Treesilience is designed to help create clean air and help urban areas that experience higher temperatures compared to other neighborhoods. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports. Dorothy Collins lives in the Pine Lund neighborhood in North St. Louis County. The area has high rates of air pollution and asthma-related hospitalizations. The Treesilience program aims to help reduce those rates. Through the initiative, foresters cleared a hazardous tree from the side of Collins' home and planted two new trees in her backyard. Collins worries about her grandchildren when they come to visit because of the poor air quality. Her grandson suffers from asthma, and she is afraid to let him play outside. It makes me feel bad because they have they have problems breathing when you know, when they're around, and I don't like to see them suffer. Collins hopes the new trees will help clear the air and beautify the neighborhood. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. The first confirmed case of the Omicron variant in the U.S. was identified last Wednesday, about a week after its discovery in South Africa. There's still a lot we don't know about this new strain. As Side Effects Public Media's Sebastian Martinez Valdivia reports, some tracking the variant are hopeful they will quickly get up to speed. Detecting coronavirus variants has been a challenge for American health officials over the course of the pandemic. The U.S. lags behind other industrialized countries when it comes to genomic sequencing. That's the process by which scientists are able to analyze differences in the virus's genetic code. In Missouri, the State Department of Health and Senior Services takes a certain number of positive tests from around the state to sequence in search of variants. It's what many state health labs do, often in partnership with area hospitals. This kind of sampling offers a limited picture of which variants might be circulating. But Dr. Laura Morris says Omicron might actually be easier to detect than previous variants. She's vaccine co-chair at University of Missouri Healthcare, and she's based in Fulton, Missouri. There's an interesting feature with this variant, though, that makes it uh, detectable using PCR techniques instead of genomic sequencing. So it's possible that we'll be able to monitor for this a little bit easier. PCR, which stands for polymerase chain reaction, detects genetic material from the virus that causes COVID. Specifically, PCR tests, which are some of the most common coronavirus tests, have three genetic probes to look for the virus. Scientists in South Africa, where the Omicron variant was first identified, discovered the new strain only shows up in two of the three probes. It's not perfect because um, this obviously isn't the only lineage that has that deletion. Mark Johnson is a professor of molecular microbiology and immunology at the University of Missouri School of Medicine. The alpha variant, or UK variant, uh, does too, but the UK variant is all but extinct at this point. That means if a PCR test comes back positive on two of those three probes, Johnson says it could signal the presence of Omicron. And fully sequencing those tests could confirm its presence. 
Johnson is one of the leaders of the Coronavirus Sewer Shed Surveillance Project, a collaboration between the State Health Department, the Missouri Department of Natural Resources, and MU. His team analyzes wastewater from across the state to look for signals of potential outbreaks and coronavirus variants. Johnson says the changes in Omicron that make it concerning also make it easier to spot. It will be very easily to tell from sequencing this one little chunk whether it's Omicron or not. It's got lots of mutations in that region. The Sewer Shed Surveillance Project was one of the first to identify the presence of the Delta variant, which caused a big spike in cases last summer. Delta has since become the dominant coronavirus variant across the U.S., and Johnson says the biggest lesson he took away from the summer was how quickly it spread. While Omicron has also spread quickly in some of the countries where it's been detected, Dr. Morris says it's too early to tell how it might spread in the U.S. It's too soon to say. It depends a little bit, I think, on geography. It depends on um, how quickly this variant enters into the United States and into our region. But it also maybe depends on some things we don't know. So is this really going to be more transmissible? Is it going to make patients sicker? So far, that does not appear to be the case. But there are so few cases and not enough time has passed to really be able to say that for sure. Regardless, she says from the little we know so far, there's nothing to suggest the current best practices, masking and vaccination, will change. I'm Sebastian Martinez Valdivia, Side Effects Public Media. Side Effects Public Media is a health news partnership among several Midwest public radio stations. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.